The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. All right, Tom, you ready? I think so. Good. Middle of the day. You're wide awake. I saw oh, you. Uh, you had a can of Mountain Dew with you too. Oh, this is this is gonna be good. Good. <laughs> we gotta get you some whipped cream. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, Travis, you ready? I think so. Oh, wow. so much, so much questioning. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm excited. So here we go. We 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 we're three guys who like to talk pinball. So we came up with a clever name. Triple drain. All right. Triple drain. Well, um, yeah, here we are. We we wanted to fit in a recording. We're, I don't know. I don't know if we're a little late with, <laughs> with the Scooby-Doo reveal. Um, or, just we're so just waiting to talk till, about Yeah, we're just waiting until everybody else talks about it, and then we're going to talk about there it. There we go. That's there we the go. plan. Yeah. So definitely, we have a lot. I know on the, the TPN After Hours show, what was it, two weeks ago, we kind of, they had done one of the initial kind of teaser trailers where it showed a little bit of gameplay. And then like two days later, they actually had, it was like a two or three minute video of gameplay, but we can talk about the shots. I mean, that's something I will just dive right in. Well, there's any catch up now. Everybody's good. Tom looks let's great. Just, let's Travis just dive Travis. into it. So oh, talking about okay. what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're just diving in. Uh, Scooby-Doo. So first off, uh, did either of you buy one? Nope. Nope. Uh, I didn't, but we're getting one. I'm, oh, the pinball uh, company. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know yeah. that we're getting one, so I'll have I'm, a chance to play it. I didn't buy one, but I'm interested. Okay, you're interested. So as of right now, it is the 16th. So December 16th, they are not sold out, as far as I can tell. Um, there, I am confused. So numbering, they've already. Uh, I know they said something about like they're they're going to make they're going to give 50 games direct and then 50 games to distributors and they're kind of going back and forth back and forth and so a lot of the distributors have already gotten their numbers for their allotments or at least their orders and then is some this of the for spooky, collector's editions or this is for this, everything oh for, this everything. Is for everything they're only making 100 games you said 50 and 50 well i thought no it's like they're, they're doing like their their first 50 will go here and then the next 50 will go there oh, and then the I next think 50 they will always go here do that though okay but that's what's interesting though is they do the collector's editions first and then they do the bloodsuckers editions and then they do the standard editions. So I do know, like I have a friend who ordered a bloodsuckers edition. So that technically isn't going to be built till after all the collector's editions have been built. His number is in the 1,800 range. So what I'm seeing is every um, bloodsuckers edition number is in the 1,800 range. I don't think that means they've sold 1800 games. I think they just decided like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to start there and put that for, you know, they're at the end of the line, but that's where they're kind of starting is 1800. So the question is how many games have they sold collector's editions between zero and 1800? There are people on pin side that have already posted their, the number they've been told. And I think the highest number I've seen is in the high, like 500s. Oh, wow. So that's the question is, have they sold more than 600 collector's editions? I don't know. I don't I would, know that answer. My guess would be, yeah, because of the pricing. 
you think they have sold more? I think. Well, I well, I don't, I don't know if they yeah. have, but I think so. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is somebody somebody said, and I haven't seen it, but somebody said they read online or they heard somewhere that Spooky has already said they've sold more of these games than they have anything else. Which Halloween was Halloween was twelve hundred games, so they're they're making it sound like they've already sold more than twelve hundred. But at least what I've seen online, I just haven't seen I haven't seen anybody post that number. So that's the question: Do distributors like distribute? Do have they sold more than twelve hundred? But it's all distributors that still have them. But there are certain distributors that have been saying they're sold out, as in the distributor is sold out of their allotment. So I don't know. I it's just based on the numbers. Spooky has either sold like six or seven hundred games, or they've actually sold over the twelve hundred plus that they're talking about, and they may be only you know a hundred or more off from selling out. I hmm. really don't know, but. There is definitely still this kind of weird energy right now of this FOMO, you know, am I going to miss out from being able to get one of these games? But yet there are people really waiting to see gameplay. And I think it's going to be sometime in January before we see gameplay at all. I I, I don't know. Is that, am I reading into too many things here? I mean, they've they've kind of already shown gameplay though. I, I think there's like a eight or 10 minute video on YouTube. They, they put out. It just yeah. kind of went under the radar. Not many people are talking about it. But Shit, you're per- telling us this now? I'm pretty sure it exists. I think. <laughs> there is. No, there is. Right? There is. I think it's on their Facebook page. It really just shows the shots. It's not It's not like an overhead view. Um, it's there's, no, there's nothing in the video that really shows code. So it's not like, hey, this is working through the mode. It's just shots. And maybe we'll just dive into shots. But if you look at the layout, it's... So they did admit on a podcast that they wanted to do a wide body because they wanted to put more in the game. They wanted to put more in the game, but they know one of the biggest complaints with a wide body is that it can be slow. And so what they did was they took a standard body play field and they put a standard body play field in a wide body cabinet. So really the upper play field is wide body, but the lower play field is a standard body play field. Travis has his hand up. I would like to enter this into the uh, court of Joel that as soon as we saw it, one of the first <laughs> things I said, this looks like it was meant to be a standard play field. Yes. It's in a wide body that just has an upper play field kind of slapped on the top. Like it yeah. just to the trained eye or untrained. Eye, I don't know. I don't know how to word this. It just looks like just looking at it and seeing a bunch of other designs over all the years. <laughs> Yes, I'm aware. El got six default. minutes in. Six <laughs> minutes in. Travis Holy camera's shit. out. <laughs> so for Christmas, I want a new camera, please. You just need a battery. Jeez. Six minutes. <laughs> Standard body designs. Yep. And uh and stuff. Okay. Go no, ahead. To, so the, to, to the next thing. The standard body, when you look at the game, it's very clear to the right of the shooter lane. There's a full shooter lane on the game. To the right of the shooter lane is yeah. just it's there's nothing there. There's nothing there from a play field. What it is is it's lights. And well, apparently on the podcast, that's that's the fear or the what's the not are you talking not, about to the very right of the shooter lane? Correct. It's kind of showing. Yeah. And so that's I didn't necessarily zero in on that when looking at the play field, but what I zeroed in on was just it looks like a big sling just on the right side. Yes. Of the middle. Because it is a big sling. Right, right. right. And side, so yeah. if you look at where the post is. It's almost like that post is nearly directly above the in lane. 
itself if you really look at a picture of the play field. And so that's what kind of threw me off right there is that that type of geometry, not saying it hasn't happened before, but that's what stuck out most to me in comparison to the left side that has the six drop targets that are kind of offset mm-hmm. behind each other. So are you guys seeing what I mean by looking mm-hmm. at the play field? Yeah, and we we did a, a I think we did a pretty good deep dive on this, the layout on the TPN After Hours show. It's on YouTube. Uh, we did that two weeks ago and really tried to break down the shots. Um, but I think it's, you know, this is like a, like an, like an audio podcast. So it's very hard. You know, we have to describe with words what you're seeing, Travis is, is the, is the words goal are here. tough. So, yeah. so I'm going to describe with words. There's, there's two, uh, <laughs> on the left-hand side in the middle, there's two, three bank drop targets. Yep. And one of them looks like it's blocking the inlane. Not only that, it looks like it's almost a ball trap behind the, the, so, the, the bottom set of drop targets yeah it's like a buck right well what what it is is there's two rows and they are offset so if both rows are up and the ball goes behind the first row that ball actually feeds into the in lane the way the geometry they did talk about that so it's not gonna feed the out lane so if you get a ball there it'll just roll behind them are you sure yes they did talk about this on 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 the pinball so then if that's uh, the case why have a double out lane the double out lane Why, why do the the double Borg opposite or like flip uh, Borg. Is apparently that like I'm this, the only one who listens to podcasts. Well, I'm just all asking. Of these like, ads, all these is that, there's other podcasts? So, is that something just to do because, <laughs> is that something just to do because Stern doesn't do it? Like no. what other reason would there be? So Bug on the Loser Kid podcast mentioned that he likes, he doesn't like outlanes where the ball goes and the game's over. Like you can't, unless you dust save, that's the only way to save your ball. So he mentioned like Alien or Wizard of Oz where you have an outlane where you can do something to potentially save your ball and get it back into play. So the double outlane on the left says rut row. So I think they're going to make it set up where you can probably change that with a flipper. So if it rolls over a lit one, it'll just save your ball. So it'll be some some way of an active outlane ball save. That's what he's so saying. Like it their was purpose, so their purpose of having a double outlane is so we can have an outlane ball save. I that's I'm just repeating that's what, what Joel's what, telling you. Is yeah. that how Joel's he describing wants, us yeah. here? He, that, that's what I heard. Yep. I so, gotta listen to this. Somehow I don't know if that's factual, Joel. That is what he <laughs> said. He said he likes outlanes that give you a chance to save your ball. That's what well, he likes. Well, why not just do that with a single outlane then? And then I, you have a I, double in lane. Then you your ball stays in play a lot more. Then that, that's a great question, but I, I'm just repeating what I heard. I can't actually give you the reason. I'm but, gonna guess they're trying something different. Yes, yeah, that that's is fair. Why well, do we have a, Joel do all this research for us if I we can't verify it? I mean, my <laughs> God. Know. I mean, only, no, I hear it's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Spooky today. So let me make sure I've listened to the other podcasts directly out of the designer's mouths so I can I, be prepared. I do not want to be influenced by other podcasters. Oh, right? <laughs> right? And we it. haven't even completed the trade for me to Loser Kid. So why that's am I going right. to listen to them? Why would you this? go to Loser Kid when you, clearly you're not listening to their podcast? Because that's the podcast I'm referencing, Travis. Well, I'm just waiting. <laughs> that's, that's the point. I'm just okay. waiting. That's all. You know? All right. So what what else have I let me fill you in? What else have I heard from these podcasts? Um Bug did mention 
Well, okay. So uh, if we just kind of do a quick scan of the layout. I was about to yes. say, is our podcast literally just going to be a recap of Loser Kid? Is that how this is going to go down? <laughs> I think that, I just need a spoon feed you That's what it sounds like. <laughs> like no. I feel like the listeners are just going to be like, okay, let me just stop here and I'll just go listen to no, Loser no, Kid no. now. Okay. So let's, okay, left to right. So right. Yeah, stay so here, the, guys. Joel's going to talk about the play field. On the, okay. on the left side. And then I got a reference to the podca- podcast, Dennis Priso with Eclectic Gamers. <laughs> oh, great. He, now everybody's going to EGP. My EGP God. is a great podcast. Yeah. All right, well, let's just talk. Are there any the other part? podcasts out there that have, have, have talked? No, this is it. These are oh, the I'm three. sure Carrie sure? Hardy's <laughs> talked about it. Just, yeah, everybody go to YouTube now. Why not? So one of the things that Dennis said is he said the, the hardest issue with a wide body is when is what do you do with the lower third? What do you do with the lower third of the game? Because when the game's that wide, how do you hit any part of that with the flipper? And to be honest, I hadn't thought about that. I that that makes sense to me why the games that he was referencing, Alien with the double outlanes or Wizard of Oz, these are all wide body games. So they're trying to be cutesy. They're trying to do something fun in that lower area of the game. Outlines so on this particular, not fun, Joel. But they're not. They're not <laughs> yeah, those fun. those are yeah. like two games you're naming that people yeah. don't claim are good shooters at all. So, <laughs> what is interesting though is still, even though it's a wide body game, it is a standard body lower play field. So on the left side, the double out lane. I agree. That's kind of I would I would prefer a double in lane, but that's we'll see what they do. Maybe it's fun with code. Then you have the two banks of drops. I don't, I don't know why, but that's what that's. Uh, it'll be very interesting. You got to blow through one bank to then get to the other one. Once you get behind the other one, there's a vuck there, and it'll feed your left flipper. And then, then all, then you get to the main shots. So from left to right, it is a horseshoe. So it's a horseshoe shot that feeds immediately back to you. Then you have a ramp with a spinner, which I like. I like spinners, but that ramp to the spinner hits a habit trail that feeds the left flipper. Then you have the other side of the horseshoe, right? Um, that that was on the left side. Then you have a big old ramp right up the middle, and the big old ramp right up the middle feeds immediately to the upper playfield. And they talked about how that how they understand with with Ultraman and Halloween, the middle ramp had a lot of issues. So apparently, they focused a lot on this middle ramp to make sure it's quick. They focus so much they put a flipper right above it. Yeah, so you're saying that, yes, the the actual mechanical aspect of the flipper is right there. Yeah, so if there's any sort of air ball, you're going to drill your coil stop pretty that much, is, yes. That is correct. Yep. So surely they have the like, coil. do they have something blocking that? They, since then, because it's so visible, they've added in it like a plastic. Oh, they didn't have that at the gate. beginning? No, there's they, a picture oh, of it okay. yeah, gotcha. that they've added. So the middle ramp, then you go to the right. Oh, now, yeah, we have, I see it now. Yep. now we have another right, horseshoe. We have another horseshoe. <laughs> Then we have the um, mystery machine van lock, which has a, a has a, uh, a spinner on it, and then we have another horseshoe. So there's many, a that's three horseshoes. There's four. So four. Four. So literally, it's both some sides shots of the horseshoe. Just, it's like two shots feeding into each other. Yes. So that was okay. what they're saying is there's no what, orbits. No orbits. So what they're oh, what they what? were basically saying Just is horseshoes. Yes, you have ramps. You have the left okay. ramp, which feeds the left flipper. The right main shot is what feeds the mystery machine, which could spit out into the right side of the horseshoe. Or you go up the middle. If you go up the middle, there's a kind of like a black knight upper play field horseshoe. So the ball mm-hmm. hits it and it comes back to the flipper. And then the two other the two other areas for you to shoot up there. One feeds the right flipper. The other feeds the right apron lock. 
And then you also have a bash target up there with a horseshoe. So there's technically four horseshoes, different horseshoes in this game, which means eight shots are just a horseshoe shot. And their logic behind that was they feel a lot of the main shots in the game just feed the flipper. So they wanted to add shots that like get the ball back at you. And their solution with that was horseshoes. So, so can you actually do any of these shots? Cause I know the lower, the, the lower horseshoes I had issues with just because the, the ball goes out of sight. Yes. Like you can't see it. So is there any shots on there with a horseshoe or a horseshoe shot that you can actually see? Like, the is there only, any, is there any kinetic satisfaction there of actually a line of sight? The only basically? one that you can see the entire time is on the upper play field, that bash target, the, uh, the underwater dude, the horseshoe that could go behind him. That's mm, it's the okay. smallest horse. That's the only one, but no, the other horseshoes on the bottom of the play field. Yeah. It disappears and comes back. Now, apparently so, on the left side though, the left horseshoe, there is a magnet. So they said there will be certain modes where the magnet will grab the ball. So you'll hit it into the horseshoe. It'll, it'll, but it won't come out. It'll take the ball and it puts it into a subway, which you can't hmm. see, but it does that. That's <laughs> so, cool. so, so the, the ball puts it in a magnet, puts it into a subway, but you can't, we can't see it. No, we can't see the ball go away. It just, what happens is you hit the horseshoe and the ball never comes out. So they're, they're saying from a code standpoint, they're going to code that in. Like you, um, you know, one of the, one of the girls got captured or like taken. Um, so Hopefully maybe it'll be, scrappy do is in there. Scrappy do is not in the game. Stays there. Nope. No, no, I'm saying he just stays in that little like underside where you can't see him. Oh yeah. At all. He will, he's not in the game at all. So that's good. That's, I'm, that's a great move by spooky. Cause F that little effort. <laughs> what he's, I worse will, than, he's worse than Forky, let me tell you. What, what I will say is, I think the game is beautiful. I and 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 I I got to give them to you know in the upper play field they have this ball case lock where if you hold up the upper flipper when you hit the middle ramp and the ball comes down, it kind of has a diverter essentially attached to the flipper and that's what brings the ball into the upper play field. If you don't, if you have the flippers down when you hit the center ramp, the ball goes up the play field, immediately past the upper play field, and just feeds the left flipper. So it's an interesting thing, at least from a novice standpoint, they'll have to realize like, oh, I need to hold this flipper up when I hit that shot, because it looks pretty quick, and then you're flying around the upper play field. To get off the upper play field, it feeds one of the ramps, which feeds you back to the upper play field, or to your left flipper. So it seems like a pretty safe game, shot-wise. A lot of the shots end up feeding a flipper, or feeding a lock, except for these horseshoe shots, and I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm. I'll be very curious from a kinetic satisfaction, like you're saying. If you can't see the shots, how satisfying are they? I, I don't know. I can't really tell. I mean, there's one thing you can absolutely see, though. What's that? The the eggplant locks, of course. Oh, Joel. okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so not? the apron locks, the apron locks. I understand there are people that say the shape of the apron locks and the 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 when the ball locks, they, it kind of ejects or, Joel, or come shoots on. the ball come back on. into you, play. You know what it looks like? That's hilarious. I am like aware. It's hilarious. Looks like, looks a, like finger. a finger. Yes, a finger. Sure, sure. <laughs> a finger. Yes. Some people would say it looks phallic. That's what that's what people are upset about. That your balls are being held big and enough, then being shot <laughs> <laughs> right into the middle of the play field. Which I just to me, it's like 
I get it. I don't know. If I really sat here and looked at every single pinball machine, could I find something that looks foul? I mean, I am looking straight at Dr. No right now. And there's there's something, <laughs> definitely something phallic on James Bond. So I don't know. I just, I'm not going to hold think, it against him. I think it's awesome. I don't know. I, I just find that hilarious. <laughs> like, I'm not dogging on it. Yeah. Like, if that's like an Easter egg and that was meant to happen, like, good on you. I think that's freaking hilarious. Because it's kind of like the unintended uh, Mickey Mouse that's on Hot Wheels. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. Like, I, I just like stuff like that. It cracks me up just seeing, like, just random stuff. There's another one that's actually on, like, an Easter egg that's on Godzilla, actually, on one of the plastics. Oh. I'll have cool. to look for this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to tell anybody what it is, so then that way they can look around on all their plastics. But Are you talking not, about the backside of one of the game. plastics? Wow, Joel. Way to just well, give it that. away. Just, okay. Wow. No, just okay. Look, just look oh at my plastics. Gosh. That's not. That's been all over you, uh, YouTube. No, it's all over Pinside. Somebody's already said it. Oh yeah, you're not the first <sighs> one. All these people like just giving it all away. Anyways. Apron lock. So to mention the apron lock uh, on Loser Kid, they did ask about it. They're like, that's unique. And Bug's response was basically he he made a comment about how Stern Stern makes you know multiple games a year. They have very consistent. They're very consistent at that. They make a lot of similar design choices. Uh, I think some of them are maybe are probably just very tested or a lot safer. But he basically was like, we we kind of ask her like, we want to be unique. We want to do something different. So. You know, we've never seen a ball lock on an apron. Let's do it. We've like, why do they, why hasn't anybody put a, bo- a pop bumper here? Let's do that. You know, speaking of which, there are no pop bumpers in this game. Um, is there a ball lock on like Blackwater 100 on the apron? Yes. I believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's not the first time there's been and ball the, locks on an apron, but the collector's it is edition to today. of, of no, uh, cool. GNR, the coffin lock, is in the apron. Um, okay, never mind. It's not unique to today. <laughs> but it's in it. It's having, not on top having of purple it, right? fingers on the apron is <laughs> yeah. unique to today. No, it is. I, I mean, it's still it is a unique mech. It is. I have not seen anything exactly like that. I like. I'm a fan of physical ball locks. Apparently, the Mister Machine van can lock. I think like five balls in it, and then they'll all come out at one time. As in, the gang is all coming out of the van, ready to start something. So, from a mech standpoint. I mean that they said the same thing with Halloween and the three upper playfields. Like they are clearly trying to be unique from a mechanical standpoint, which is a pro and con, right? Your game is going to be once. I mean, I'm staring at Bond right now. I'm not. I'm not seeing a ton in this Bond Pro that is mechanically unique. You know, right. that's like exciting. Like, oh, I want to. What's that going to do? You know, I want to experience that. But this is definitely like. I want to step up to a Scooby-Doo and, and I want to lock balls. I want to see what that's like. I want to, you know, I want to shoot that upper play field. I want to, how's that upper diverter work? You know, there's, there's a lot there that I, I'm intrigued by. And as long as the layout is designed as well as they say it is, and as long as the mechs hold up, great. But I was super excited to play the butt pretzel on Halloween and the center ramp rejected me every time and I could never experience it. So I don't know. Thoughts on the mechs that you're seeing or... I mean, Tom, you said you're you don't you haven't bought one, nope. but yet you're think you're intrigued. Or well, you think, now I mean, that you said stuff, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Joel! Yeah, yeah talked thanks, about it. Thanks, yeah. Joel, for ruining it for me. Okay, so before I open my mouth, Tom, why were you considering buying it? Um, yeah, I mean, I I like how Spooky's 
they try different stuff. I mean, okay. that's that's the cool thing about Spooky. It's not just the same old cookie cutter design, I guess. But, um, I mean, the things I'll, I'll go over the things I like. Like, I like the Bash toy. Mm-hmm. I like I do like Bash toys. I think that's good. Um, some of the things like I don't get or like I just I don't really like mini play fields at all. Okay. So. You know, some of that, I, it's it's a turnoff for me personally, and I'm not really a big fan of wide bodies either. And some of them I enjoy, but it, it's not my first go to. So, you know, but I'm interested to try the game, and you know, it might uh, it might sway me towards one. That's for sure. I love the theme. I love the artwork. The artwork's killer. Yeah. Um, you know, I just want to see how it shoots. Yeah. And I think that's something, I mean, I thought the same thing with Halloween, right? Halloween, I was like, they've got a killer theme. The artwork's insane. The layout looks unique. Like I want to shoot this. I want to experience what this is. You know, the three scoops on the left was kind of a, a head scratcher, but it was still like, let's see, maybe, maybe it's cool. I don't know. But all that, you know, they said they got movie assets. They said they got all that. And then the turnoff was when you finally play it and, all of a sudden some of those shots were not nearly as satisfying as you wanted them yeah. to be, or you can't experience the upper play field. And then the code of the game just wasn't great. Um, at least at reveal. So those are, those are the same concerns or worries that I have at least towards, towards Scooby-Doo. What's the code going to be like? And this game looks incredible and, from all the mechs, but are these reliable? Is it going to be, are they going to be fun or satisfying shots to hit? And you also have new people and software and rules. So, yep. You know, there's questions whether, you know, how how's the software going to be? Yep. And another thing is it's a brand new board set. So Halloween and Ultraman had a unique board set. They have since changed this board set. And one of the things is they've moved. I think they said they moved all the light. Like they have separate light boards now because it was kind of a wiring mess. So there's another, you know, is this a tested board setter? Are these going to survive on location with hundreds of plays? I, I have no idea. I, I, it's a gamble there. It's a gamble for sure. Just like any new machine, um, is, but I, I think they're doing a lot, right? They've, they got some amazing voice actors. They've said they have access to both of the original seasons. So there's going to have it be a ton of video. Yeah, um, that's cool. I mean, the mechs, are, they've gone all out from a visual standpoint. It just comes down to QC, you know, how, how are these games built? How are they going to shoot? And then the code. Is the code going to be fun? Um, I don't know. Travis is really deep in thought. He's really, <laughs> he's thinking. Oh, I'm just listening to you guys, figuring it all out. Now, I, I can say, like, <laughs> looking at it, the things that I do like. I like the idea of having a spinner in front of a ramp. Like, that's one of my favorite types of shots that I wish was in pinball a lot more. So I'm happy to see that. Um, I like the idea of having drop targets. I'm not so sure if I'm sold on the idea of having drop targets kind of in line like that, because I know that's kind of that's in vector and play that a lot district 82 and it drives me freaking insane. So I don't know (laughs) how, how I'm going to respond to that. Um, I like the idea that they're trying to do a wide body just because there's not enough wide bodies around nowadays. So I like the idea of a modern wide body. I like the idea of apron locks just to do something just a little bit different, but I'm curious to see what that'll look like in person. 
and how that will be implemented even more than just a ball lock. Like I could see something, for instance, that could be some type of hurry up shot, like a combo shot or something like that, to where you go into the VUC, it immediately feeds to the right flipper, and then you can hit it up the ramp through the spinner, something like that. So hopefully they put a combination shot in there somewhere. Well, what feeds the right apron lock is the shot from the upper play field. And my initial thought was there would have to be some sort of diverter or drop target or something that would keep you from potentially feeding that apron lock when you you weren't ready. And the answer is no, there is nothing. So that thing, if you're going to lock it when the ball is not ready to lock, it just puts it there and then immediately spits it out. So it'll be interesting how they use that from a code standpoint. And apparently it's designed in a way where you could actually lock two balls in that area. Right. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, I mean, the artwork is really cool. And then I think I I like the idea of just based off where the inserts are, kind of where this potentially could go from a code and rule standpoint. Just kind of where you're making progress on each individual shot to where obviously they've got several different multi-balls that are available there with the Scooby Snack inserts and stuff like that. It's obvious that there's a bunch of villains that you got to go against. And it appears if they have characters on the inserts that I guess you could collect characters in a sense. So you could even have like team up power ups or something like that to bring into mode. So, I mean, there's there's a lot to play with here. They've talked, I think it's, uh, if there's seven villains, it's like each villain has its own mode and then each character, all five of the main characters have their own mode. And I think there's each, each character has a unique shot. So you can see there's like three different inserts of that character. So I'm assuming hitting that shot three times at my guess would be you'd qualify and then you can get into that mode. So it definitely like, and I like that. I think visually this may be easier to understand what to do or where you're going um, I'm all for that. I'm all for inserts that that communicate well um, what's going on. But I don't know. It's it's just for people listening, it seems like they're still available, um, but there's still a lot of question. Um, to be honest, if I was spooky, I don't I don't think you need to stream it. I don't think you need to stream it for a while. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't at all. I wouldn't reveal it. I wouldn't do anything like gameplay wise except for what they have in just because it's just... I mean, let people experience it at this point. Yeah. I mean, the the fandom that's there, they're in already. I don't know what good would come from doing something like that. I'm not sure. I don't. Yeah. Well, it could. I mean, if they streamed it and it looks like, oh, man, that game shoots incredible and look how fast it is. And, you know, people's worry with the wide body. You keep saying wide body and I understand it's in a wide body cabinet, but the main play field is a standard body game. Like, I think it's going to shoot like a standard body game. First, uh, I mean, you I look mean, at the right side. I mean, there is a good inch and a half of just lights on the right side. And what that is, that's the bravery gauge or something. Like, as you're hitting more shots, that's the braver. It just lights yeah. up more and more on the right yeah. side. And then Scooby-Doo will pop up out of the barrel when he's brave. And so, I, I mean, don't know, maybe you'll get uh, two honestly, times scoring or something. That's that's probably the biggest thing bothering me about this playfield design, though. It just, it seems like, like, one of the things I told you guys at the very beginning when I saw it, it almost felt like... They're sacrificing a lot of the first level design just to make sure that they get an upper play field on there. Yeah. Just because you see a lot of balls that are disappearing that you can't see. Like, it seems like every single major shot there, you're never going to see the ball actually come back to you. Yeah. So you, you always lose that point of view right there. And just like we talked about earlier with the right side of the play field towards the middle, just being like one giant sling basically to where it sets over the end lane. So it's, it's almost like that right side 
is kind of closed off. Yeah. Right, right. And then all of a sudden on the left, it's you have all these drop targets and you have wire forms basically blocking your line of sight to something like that. So I don't know. I'm not a fan of seeing that just offhand looking above, but I'm not sure how I'll react to that seeing it. I, person, I just yeah. in person. Yeah. I just know from from my standpoint, from my very amateur design mind, that I'm big on line of sight. That if and this is just a personal preference, I just know if I ever wanted to design a game, the big thing I would want is line of sight for the player. Just to be able to see the ball as much as possible, see the ball doing the magic, see the ball whipping around, see the ball going up a ramp, see it just flying around the play field. I think that's part of the unique experience being in pinball. But I can see how with this, you know, like you mentioned earlier that apparently they're trying to do things that are much different than what anybody else does. So, I mean, that kind of goes with it. That If you're going to put a bunch of mechs in a game or you're going to try to maximize the amount of mechs you have, it's something's got to give from there. You know, it's like it's it's where you got to take something from one direction and go a different direction with it. It's hard, it's very hard to find that balance in a game. So I'm curious to see if they're able to do that with this game. Totally. Do you think this is miles ahead of Halloween or is it too early to say? Uh, I think offhand, it is. Offhand, yeah. I would yeah. say easily. Easily yeah. it's a easily it's an upgrade. I mean, they yeah. luckily they just did one scoop at the bottom it appears. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's like I said, it, one of the things too with it is, is I, I think over time, the more that bug, is that right? Is that yeah, the yeah. name? I'm getting right. More that he does designs and gets that experience. I think we'll see designs start to get better more than more and more. Cause I mean, sure. obviously you only get better at something by doing it over and over and over again, getting feedback, applying said feedback, and you just keep turning away. I, sure. I don't, I look at this and I think it's better than Halloween, but I mean, I'm not going to go on a limb and say it's like an A tier design, but what I do see is improvement, which is a good thing. So maybe in three to five years, we could see Spooky bring out an A tier design. They might get to that. Now, obviously they've got their style of doing something and people are responding to that. Otherwise they wouldn't be able to sell games. So they, they're doing something right at the end of the day. Yeah, I definitely have a few comments. I mean, one, the one thing they're definitely doing really right is licensing. They are continuing to crush it with great licenses and investing in good art. I mean, there's the best way to get somebody turned on by a game is make that initial impression when you see the game, the game looks beautiful or amazing. So they're crushing it there. Um, Two, uh, it's Spooky Luke. So Bug and Luke designed these games. So I just, I want to make sure Luke is getting credit a bug said that during the loser kid podcast that Luke is really good at, at just knocking out these white woods. So I think he has a big part in layout. Um, but three, you had mentioned, you know, you want to be able to see the ball and what the thing that popped in my head was if that left horseshoe is using a magnet, magnets are incredible, right? We all love magnets. If the, if it's using a magnet to pull the ball basically out of its path and then drop it into a subway, that's absolutely something you would love to see. I mean, that's what that would be love. awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's what people love about Adam's family, right? To see that hand come out and take the ball, you know? So it's, it's just like, that's cool. That's cool if that's built in there, but it's definitely something you want to see. And it it also makes me think of like Hobbit. Hobbit has at the very top of the orbit, there's a magnet and there's, there's certain times where if you hit the orbit, that magnet will turn on and it'll stop the ball right up there and then drop it down into a lock. 
and the way that they designed the the ramps and everything, like you can see it, you can see it do that. So I agree. You actually bring up a really good point that if they're going to include some of these cool mechs, like you don't want to hide it. You don't want to hide no. the, well, the, it, the fun here. The game just looks like it has competing ideas with itself. If you okay. look at the first level and then you look at the second level. And so what I would personally like to see in the future, I would love it if Spooky would just stick with a one level pin. You know, of course, with ramps and all that, but not worry about an upper play field. Okay. And just see what happens with there. I mean, because it's just it, it's just one of those things. I think as a pinball player, you love to see mechs do its thing, but you got to have the the sight line. The yeah. eye, you know, the so that that in itself right there, I think that that's just a big deal. I mean, even the ramp. So I, I look at the ramp with the spinner. Badass shot, right? But then mm-hmm. after you hit it, ball's gone. Right. You got to, you lose line of sight. It's a 180. Right. You get right at you. Right. So you got to track it down real quick. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the main shots on Led Zeppelin that a lot of people enjoyed was that right ramp. That's also like a quick 180. Like you see the ball actually do it. So something like that, if I could see a ramp that has that 180 and I actually see the ball doing it with a spinner right there, to me, that would be a fantastic shot that would you would get a lot of mileage out of a shot like that, especially on location where you have sure. somebody just tracking a ball the entire time. So, I mean, this just kind of goes back to, to um, like game of Thrones, right? Just to use this as an example, obviously this is kind of like Alice Cooper, like with the way that the upper play field is, but like game of Thrones, most people tend to enjoy the pro better than the premium Yeah, and the pro you see everything, you see where the ball's going, you get that sense of flow and everything. And I just, I feel like that this pen very much wants to be a flow based pen. Right. And then it just kind of stops itself with the, uh, with the upper play field. Kind of like a, <laughs> yeah. like a camera. Like kind of like a camera. Yes. <laughs> like a nice, you want it to stay on and consistent. I would, the whole time. I would just be very curious if, <laughs> if that play field, right. The upper play field, if it wasn't there, like how the game would just shoot. Oh, uh, I mean, see, and seeing the ball fly around, I'd be very curious. The problem is, so they asked on Loser Kid, they asked Bug, "What's your favorite shot in the game?" And he said, "the the bash target, the way that the bash target on the upper play field reacts and moves is he finds that incredibly satisfying. Plus, there's two magnets. There's two magnets in front of that. But sure, if they would have ditched the whole upper play field and had one or two of their shots just feed, if that would have been in the back corner or something, kind of like Baby Yoda on Mando or something, like." They could have, yeah. but I think I think they just look at it as maybe they're just taking feedback that they hear from like Stern, where it's like that game's barren. That game doesn't have any new mechs. That game doesn't this. That game doesn't that. And so they're just like, okay, what are we going to hold ourselves? We need we need two or three unique mechs per game. We need to have sculpts, and we're going to throw an upper play field in there with another flipper. Like I don't. Oh yeah, almost- no, it's it's definitely clear that the priority is it, it's sculpts and yeah. it's mechs. That's it's obvious that that's the priority. And the only way that you make a pen look like looks, you know, make it appear like it has more is by adding an upper play field element to it. Yeah. I mean, because when you start changing levels like that, it definitely gives the appearance that there's more because obviously there is more because the ball has to do something different. I, I just I would just love to see a manufacturer take a chance. And if you're going to do an upper play field, try to figure out some way that we can still visually see that ball going to the upper play field. You mean like 
Black Knight. I was just going to say that. <laughs> just like, Stern's Black Knight. Sort no, of rage. but you but just the problem failed is, the test. Travis. No, 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 no. But the problem <laughs> is, I'm talking about like it visually goes there and does something immediately and doesn't oh, just you. like plop down. You know what I mean? So well, like, what about um uh JJP pirates? You know, moving ship. You see that ball the whole time, and that's why it's very popular. That's why yeah. it makes twenty five, thirty thousand dollars on a sale now. Yeah, I mean, people respond to that now. Granted, something like that, it wasn't like I mean, we'll go off in the weeds if we start talking about this. But granted, you know, that game it wasn't as popular when it first came out, and then yeah. it grew in popularity. So the way that the consumer and the way that the average pinball player thinks about these games now and sees this, that's one of the biggest things of feedback that we get from brand new people in the, in the industry or they're buying a game that they want to see the ball do something cool. And that doesn't necessarily mean a mech interacting with it. It it could be simply just seeing the ball change levels and then see the ball do something, Mm. you know? So, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. I I take back what I said earlier, because when you brought up, JJP Pirates, that is probably the best mini play field ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's and the only and it, one I like. It has everything. And it, doesn't, and it doesn't take up much real estate either. No, not yeah. at all. At all. Like, Eric figured it out. And that's yeah. the thing. It's like, you see that, right? The writing's on the wall. The, the elements are there in which everybody can see, okay, here's what's here. Here's what people enjoy. How do we replicate that idea? So I think that that's moving forward. That would be pretty big. So if Spooky is going to keep, you know, on this train with upper play fields, maybe figure that out. Maybe open, maybe open it up a little bit that way. <laughs> yeah, good point. I mean, I think we can all agree, though. What we've seen so far is definitely an improvement. I think they're heading in the right direction. This game definitely looks more promising or exciting. I know I want to play it. It look. I think it's. I think it's definitely an improvement. Definitely an improvement on what they've done before. Um, I, I will say a side story real quick about Spooky and a big pat on the back to them. I went to Cincinnati. Shout out to Chuck Wirt and, and the show that he put on in, in Cincinnati. I went there and... <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Tom. This is where uh, Spooky actually revealed that they had the Scooby-Doo license, which was pretty neat. Well, I went there, played a bunch of games, including Bond, and right next to Spooky's booth, they had... They had an Ultraman and they had a Halloween. So I was like, all right, these are Spooky's games. I'm going to walk up to them. I'm going to play them. And both of them immediately center ramp rejects. Never got to the butt pretzel. I was like, this is game number four that I've played and still sucks. And I didn't talk to the guys at the time because I didn't really have anything good to say to them. And I was also worried maybe this is me being... I don't you know thought you were on their hit list. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if they know who I am. I don't know if they've ever heard me or seen me or what. But obviously, I'm not singing their praises. And I just, I just, I felt bad. So um, I made a comment to Chuck Wirt and I was like, dude, I'm still struggling with Halloween. I went over there, I played it, reject city. He goes, well, we have this hospitality room back here. There's a local collector. He's a competitive player that has a Halloween that he really loves and he's fine tuned it. Like he's really tweaked it. The gameplay's great. Go play that one. I said, all right. So I went back into this room by myself, was able to play the game. It was great. It actually, the game, the ball actually made it to the upper play field. I could actually combo shots. I actually experienced the butt pretzel. I could hear the game. I was playing modes. So I get it. I've received countless messages and emails of people like, you've just got to play one at somebody's house. You've got to play one that's dialed in. You've got to play one that's like really like it's a totally different experience. Well, no, duh. It's Of course, it's a totally different experience when you can experience the game 
versus being rejected. When the you whole can time. experience the butt pretzel yes, in your the, own privacy. If yes. you're gonna have <laughs> totally three play fields, let me actually experience the play fields. Like that's that was what frustrated me so much. So I, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to get the appeal of that game. With that said, it still didn't like, I'm not rushing out to buy one. It just, it was one of those like, okay, I get it. If people do have positive things to say about this game in their collection, I can understand why now. So fast forward, I actually went and talked to the spooky guys. And the reason I talked to them is because I saw they had play fields behind them and they had a TNA play field behind them. And I said, Hey, are you selling play fields? They said, yep, we are. And, um, the deal is I have an original TNA and mine has pooling. It was one of the originals that has like pooling and chipping. So when I got it, I didn't buy it firsthand. I bought it from somebody else. I reached out to Spooky. This was years ago. And I said, what would it cost for a new play field? They quoted me $400. I was like, eh, I'm, 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 I'm fine with the chipping. Well, now that they're doing the remake, I reached out again. Hey, what's it cost for just a blank play field? Mine's one of the original runs. It $3 has shipping. million. Dollars. They said $500. $500 plus shipping and tax. So it was going to be like $600. So I'm like, nah, no. So when I actually saw the play fields there, I was like, you're selling play fields? They go, yep, 250 bucks. I was like, that sounds great. Um, they said, now this one, it does have these two little scratches in the upper corner, but I'm like, that's totally fine. doesn't matter. So as they're handing me the play field, I was like, yeah, I have an original run TNA. It has pooling on it. I reached out. I basically said, I got a quote, blah, blah, blah. Spooky Luke looks up at me. He goes, you have one of the original TNAs? I said, yep. He goes, and it has pooling? He goes, yep. He goes, take it. He gave me the play field for free. He gave it to me for free. And he's just like, I'm sorry that you had to ever ask for quotes. We should have fixed this years ago. Like, take it. Enjoy the play field. So props Tom. to Spooky. They Props bought his praise with <laughs> free merch. No, we figured it out. <laughs> Why yeah. does Joel get yeah. everything for free? Yeah, I thought you told know. us there's no shilling this week. Now the whole story saying, came full circle. Now hey, we know. So yeah. what I, I Do bought we a just shirt. crap I on everything and everybody hates us, Travis? <laughs> yeah, I bought, a, I bought a shirt from him because I was like, I got to buy something. So I bought a shirt, but... I was just appreciative. And that's one thing that I've heard. I think everybody said that, right? Like, speak, Spooky will do... They will make things right. They do yeah, stand behind their stuff. that's badass of them to do they something are, like that. Yeah, that was cool. Like, that is, so that is one thing. If you're considering buying this game, it is a company that does care. They will support their product. But, you know, we can't promise. That, I mean, they can't fix shots if the shots aren't fun. Maybe code will never get to a, a state that maybe a Stern game will or JJP. But with that said, they still care. They're still working on it. It's just, is that a gamble you want to take? So hey, I don't, the bottom line is if anybody out there wants to take that gamble, just get Joel on the case. Cause apparently <laughs> he's like the fixer, anything no. pinball, he'll get you done. So Quick. I, I ended up, I sparked a conversation jam, and, and I was just like, thanks a bunch. And they're like, and, um, I went to, to shake their hand and, and, uh, bug, he goes for the fist bump. So we had an awkward, he was a fist bump. I was a handshake. Neither of us were breaking. So what were we, you know, it was just kind of a, it was a thing. It was odd. But they asked, they asked who I was. So I'm like, okay, apparently they don't know who I am. So I, I introduced myself and then I told him, I said, to be honest, guys. We, we need that play field back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, oh, you're Joel? <laughs> back, no. Um, they, uh, I was like, to be honest, guys, every time I've played a Halloween, I've struggled with this center ramp. And, and they were like, yeah, we've had some feedback. Our initial runs, we didn't have that issue. And, but as the thing went on, we started to hear this. So we're going to create adjustments with the diverter so people can mess with that. Cause normally it's the diverter that's slightly off. And they, you know, they said they're working on it. 
And then I mentioned that there was one that was dialed in in another room. I said, you should go try that one because that one shoots great. They're like, oh, that's a good idea. And I don't know. We had a good conversation. They're like Luke and and Bug are absolutely, I mean, they're definitely nice guys. They clearly care. They're super excited about this pin and this license. And I think, I mean, we are seeing improvements. Every game yeah. they're releasing is improving on the past. So I don't know. We'll We'll see. I mean, I, I hope people that bought them and are in are, are excited. And I know I'm looking forward to seeing gameplay and Tom might pull the trigger eventually and get one. We don't know. No, you never know. <laughs> Joel. Oh, what? Joel, just to be clear. Mm-hmm. So you told the designers of Halloween, hey, <laughs> yep, here's a good shooting version of your game. You yep. should go play it. <laughs> I did. Yeah, sure did. Damn the balls on you. That's why yeah. I love you. <laughs> yeah, sure did. I no, dare not, you to say that no, to Elwood. Yeah, Elwood. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do yeah. that to Gomez? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, George. Yeah, I'm Just do that to every designer. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, I a... know where there's finally a good version of your game that yeah. shoots well. <laughs> Let me tell you where it's at. Yeah, it's over here. This other guy messed. Yeah, this other guy messed with what you made and are proud well, you of. You might want to hire this yeah. guy. Just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel's pin maps. <laughs> The oh, games Lord. shoot like they're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. anything else on on Scooby Doo or Spooky? No, I mean, no. I think I think overall it's all interesting. We could definitely go down a rabbit hole talking about like the marketing of it, the pricing of it. I mean, to me, it's obvious that they definitely want to push their top end model as much as possible. When you look at the artwork and you look oh, yeah. at the, uh, the pricing itself, yeah, you look at the pricing, then you look at how they. They point out, well, this is the top tier model that's under ten thousand dollars. So it's like definitely designed to get you, get you emotionally involved to want to go after that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's part no. of sales and marketing. So good on them. So I mean, it's just it's an interesting thing overall. I think if anything, what Spooky proves more than anything is that if you have a good theme and you can manufacture games, you're going to find success at yep. some at some level you're going to find that success yeah. and so I, I think if if i'm with any other company outside of stern i'm looking at this and i'm like okay that's just all it is it's just a cadence you know just saying here's what our theme is we're getting it out we're going to put x amount of games out and then you're known to manufacture it in time that'll get going i mean yeah. that's just that's just the way it is i mean and that's that's great for them because they continuously capture just a theme at its top like that the hype stays there for it and that's why they they're able to sell what they sell and plus i mean obviously they've done a great job over the past decade building up a fan base too i mean i would probably say spooky fans are probably the most like rabid pinball fans of any other manufacturer around they're loyal soccer Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, very much, which is oh, a great sorry, thing. Football Europeans. <laughs> which which is a great thing, you know. So I mean, that's I, I think that's where we've seen, you know, them be be able to do what they've done with Scooby and then be able to still sell the game like they've sold it. I mean, a game doesn't have to sell out day one for it to be a success. No. Well, and they're also smart because I mean, they lock people in. They get the pre-order money, so people are kind of committed. They're going to stay through that game. So even though it may take them over a year to actually get a game, they're not worried about jumping to the next one or this or that. They're just kind of like, okay, they're on well, for the ride. The big thing is is that they have the credibility that they're going to get that game yeah, to the happen. end user, and that's huge. That That is huge in pinball, and they're, they've been successful every step of the way doing something like that. For sure. 
Well, we'll pivot then. We'll pivot to the other new game, essentially, that I finally had a chance to play. Um, uh, we talked about it last time, but Bond, da, da, I know. Da, 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 <laughs> I like Afternoon Tom. Afternoon Tom, is <laughs> he is pumped. He's ready to go. Let's go. Um, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So, Bond, I have one. Zach and Nicole were flipping out or letting me borrow one to stream, and I streamed it last week uh, for the first time. I had a chance to play the premium at, um, at Pincinnati, and I have a pro here. Uh, what I will say, I do like the ball lock. I do like the ball lock on the premium. I like it because you can see it. It's visual. You know how many balls you have locked. I do like that. The diverter to lock the balls is different. It, it does get in the way a little bit, but it's fine. I, I like that. I still I would still say the physical ball lock is a positive overall. The two pop bumpers firing at the same time is something. I definitely definitely see that, and it's weird. Um, and then the bond on a wand was pretty lackluster now they may that may improve that may totally improve um but for what's coded in there right now is pretty blah and then on the left side with the underwater scene at least i'm kind of a taller guy from the angle that i see it i barely see the models like i barely see them Hmm. and when the when the light isn't on that 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 plexi that's over there just looks like a gray blob so it's almost like the artwork on a pro is more appealing. So I don't know. Overall, I'm still I still think the pro. I agree with you, Travis. I think the pro is the way to go. Um, now I've now this is unique. Travis turned <laughs> off his camera on purpose. I don't know why, but you're a, you're so strange. What? <laughs> why did you why did you just turn it off? Because that way you can't make fun of me for it going off. I did it on my own oh, volition. So there you go. Oh, yeah, to avoid it going off. It. Setting it. Got yeah, because it, okay. it, it has a setting to where if I don't set a timer on it, that's why. Mm. Yeah. You I mean, don't you have to just... let me like messing around with my camera on an audio podcast, like interrupt your thoughts. We had a shout out to Dan Costa. He wants us to make a triple drain black shirt that says Elgato no signal. <laughs> but anyways, so Bond, I streamed it the other night. I don't know. It's weird. Pinball to me, the first night I stream it, I always learn, uh, you know, I, I, you have an, an initial response to it. And I'd say, you know, kinetically, the left orbit shot's my favorite. It comes back to what Travis is saying about seeing it. That's such a long shot. You see the ball, you're ripping a spinner, you see it all the way up uh, the left orbit or up and the ramp, fast too. down, That's what's fun. squiggles oh. around. Like it's a fun shot. I think that's pretty cool. The scoop, the the under the car scoop, the Q scoop, I like that scoop. I don't know exactly how it's, but it kind of gobbles the ball up. I really like when you want to hit it, it seems I'm not getting rejections from it. I do like that scoop. So I would say those two shots are pretty kinetically satisfying. Um, the center ramp from the left flipper is hard. It's a hard shot to hit. I actually hit the kind of upper loop shot way more. And then the whole left eject thing with the underwater scene, it's weird. It's To hit that shot purposely, it just seems odd. It seems like kind of a clunky thing, and you just hope the ball falls in. But you had mentioned it before. The ball just kind of falls in. The, fo- the ball just falls in all the time. Yeah. The left. And well, and there's one thing that's frustrating about that side right now is that you have to get a ball in there in order to light your yes. locks for the left orbit. Yep. So you have to Correct. hit that, which is interesting. So what he's saying is to qualify the jetpack multiball, which is three shots to the left orbit. The first thing you have to do is you have to get the ball in that underwater scoop. Then you yeah. can qualify locks. I wouldn't so much as call it interesting as I'd call it infuriating right now. <laughs> yep. 
Um, it's it's like because like you said, there's yeah. the shot itself. It's I've so legitimately I have about ten hours of gameplay on this right, mm-hmm. and legitimately Which is one ball. <laughs> I, I wish that'd be awesome. So, <laughs> so legitimately, I think maybe twice I've hit that shot on purpose. Oh, wow. like hitting hitting the target and having it ricochet back in immediately for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just. I don't know what it is. I need to figure it out. I don't know if I need to dial in my game more or what it is because I'm at about like a seven degree pitch for it. It's a weird shot. The other thing is there's three drops on it, which is great. I like drop targets. You can't see them. You can't see the drops or at least from my height, you can't see them. Uh, And then the problem is the specter targets. um, You have to hit, you have to spell specter, which are seven targets around the rocket to get Mm -hmm. into one of the weapon modes. George Gomez has said on a podcast, they, they understand they've already coded in like four weapon modes, but nobody's seeing them because it's so it, hard to hit those targets. It, it is such a grind yes. to get there because you get, you have to hit. So I dug into that mm. and there's no options in the menu as of right now. I'm sure it'll show up, yeah. but there's no options to change what the difficulty is in order to light that mode. So you automatically have to hit seven stand up targets up there. By the rocket specific and, targets right right and it won't letter yeah. right and you have to do that for every single one and then you have to hit that gold finger target that's yep. between the ramps or right by the, the side ramp so it definitely makes it to where it feels very grindy hmm. by doing something like that and then it's not even a guarantee it this entirely depends how your game set up too i've seen some bonds to where the ball does not have much action on the right hand side of that rocket to where it makes those last three targets very yeah. difficult to get to. Well, what I was getting at with the drops though, is the way that George is trying to make it so that you can hit those targets easier is to leave the drops down. That way, once you've dropped all three of them, they just stay down. So essentially right. getting the ball back in the rocket is easier to do. What I don't like about it though, is it kills the feed from the rocket. If you hit the rocket from the left side, like the open area, Instead of it rolling behind drop targets and gently feeding out the left side of the game like it's supposed to and then feed the upper flipper, it doesn't. It just falls right out where the drops are. So it's it's a weird shot. Once those drops are down, that ball just kind of goes back there. You hope it hits what it needs to ho- hit, and then it just dribbles back out the front. So Yeah, because there's, no, con- way, there's yeah, no way just, for you to skillfully hit any of those shots. It's no. just tossing it up and hoping that it does something now if that space rocket would have been manual if you had like a second button hit Uh, that would have moved it that would have been pretty cool but i don't know i would assume from a code standpoint as of right now there's seven specific targets and you have to hit the specific target for the letter that you need i would hope they'd change the code where it's like first weapon mode i don't know any target counts towards a letter and then maybe the second weapon mode it's like you have to, I, I don't, there has to be something in there where I, I think it maybe just, it gets more difficult, but right yeah. now it's too difficult to really yeah, you, experience the modes. Well, I think you just spot the first four letters and then just have, or even three letters and just have every single target spot a letter for your first one. That okay. way you can at least play the first one. Yeah. Right. And then maybe just make it a little bit more difficult each time. Like right now it feels like this is on the hardest setting oh, yeah. possible. This is Carl level. Yeah, it's yeah. it's insane. So I've only like legitimately I've only gotten through them once and I had to hit that shot like probably easily 40 plus times yeah. in one it's, game just just to get it to do what I wanted it to do. And you're saying you get through them and it's what's crazy. They're just hurry ups, right? Like it's a short. Yeah, it's somewhat it's of like, a short I, mode, too. 
Yeah, I think it starts like at 10, then 20, 30, 40, something yeah. like that. I mean, it's just a grind to get to overall right now, but obviously code, you know, well, software can adjust that. Are all that. the modes for that the same or like all the shots are lit and you just hit the shot? No, they're a little bit different. Okay. Each mode. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like, if I remember, right, I think the first one's like one hurry up and then, or maybe even two. And then each one, it gets a little bit more difficult, Yeah. but it gets, it just gets super grindy. I, I don't think I can't remember any other pen from, or any other stern at least that's that grindy to get to one thing that's there at the start button. Like there's just, it's just not close to the start button. And I think that's the, that's the unfortunate part about it because it does play a big part of the game because the inserts are right in the middle of the play field. It says specter on the back yeah. side to where those light up. It has the targets around. So the game wants you to do that. It wants you to perform that action. It's just, yeah. okay, you know, let us perform that action, like hold our hand through it a little bit early on. They basically yeah. dedicated the upper left third of the game to that. And, exactly. And yep. it's, so I streamed it for two hours, and I think in those two hours, I Did think you fall I saw asleep? no, no. I think I <laughs> saw kidding. like two weapon modes. I mean, it just it it wasn't it just doesn't happen. Uh, it's not it doesn't happen easily, and yeah, you really have to commit to it to get it. Um, other things, I mean, there's only I think there's only two actual villain modes, mm-hmm. maybe three, but it's played through those a bunch of times, and one of those modes is. I don't, it's just like what I don't like. I mean, they have video aspects or video in it, but like Bond's sneaking around, right? So it's like the audio is real quiet and it's just very like, it's not an energetic mode of like, oh, I'm fighting this guy or like, but you know, gotta hurry up, gotta run away. It's like, no, it's like very cautiously hit these shots. You it's kind of like a mode that would have worked better if it's stop and go, or there's something that like stops the ball each yeah. shot and then you go. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yep. another mode. Maybe it was a henchman mode. I don't know. There's another mode where it's this roaming shot and you have to hit a lot of them. Oh and yeah. The mo- and the shot is roaming very fast, like very fast. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That yeah. mode is brutal. And it's like, by the time you trap up and you go to aim at the shot, it's already moved to the next one. So you almost uh, have to preemptively aim at where the ball is going to go because it's roaming so fast. Imagine trapping up. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's... On a Gomez. Yeah. <laughs> be I, tough. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, I mean, the layout is fine. Um, you know, I think there the are layout's few... really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I kind of questioned the whole scoop thing like Travis did, but other than that, I, I like the layout. I like how it shoots. It's unique. The, uh, the left orbit, the best shot in the game is I'm struggling to find it like consistently. So it feels good when I hit it, but man, am I hitting, I'm bricking plenty. Now I, I know uh, I'm not you guys, but once I dial that in, it just feels totally different. I mean, it's similar to like the shot on stranger things that feeds around or even the Katana, um, the shot, not the Katana, but the, the the ramp on um deadpool where you hit the left orbit if you have the katana ramp where it'll drop down like a premium rally it's it's similar but it's just trying to find i don't know if it's further back than i'm used to or what but trying to find that spot but i would just i mean to be honest where i'm at i streamed it for two hours i saw everything that i could in the game besides like one or two weapon modes and i could have streamed it again yesterday and i didn't I was just like, I'm, I'm going to give them another week. Hopefully they, they release something else because yep. I don't, there's just nothing drawing me in. Oh, and the last part, 
yeah. was score was so Travis, you talked about how right now it seems like the go to the best route to go is just focus on pops, right? Is, if you're if you're playing for score and trying to grind it out, because you can get trapped up on the right side and just backhand, just like lob up the ball into yeah, the pops the whole is, entire time. Which is interesting, the fact that you can backhand that shot between the two ramps because it looks mm -hmm. tight. Now on mine, if you have to hit it clean, if you hit it, if it rattles, that ball is going to roll back down. You better be ready to save it. So it's not a safe shot, at least on mine. But if you just keep feeding the pops, it'll get to these thresholds where you'll just start scoring points. So especially if you have super pops lit. So what I was doing at the end of the stream, I was just hitting the action button. So it would plunge up into the pops. I'd let it bounce around. I'd let the ball drain. Drain, yep. And then I'd plunge again into the <laughs> pops just to get more pop hits. And then I'd just keep feeding the pops. The problem is in a multi-ball though, you can't feed the pops because they he leaves the gate open in the back. So right. all the That's shots that previously, yep. yeah, all the shots that previously fed the pops no longer feed the pops. <laughs> they they'll just whiz right by the pops and keep coming around. So I don't know. There's there's probably plenty of people listening. I think they've already had a lot of um, what's the word? It's the party the parties that show off the new game. Uh, I've gotten a little bit of feedback. When I say a little bit, probably like a dozen people. Okay. Talking about their launch launch party. parties. Yes. So yep. as of right now, 0.7 code. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you what are you telling people to do? What do you encourage them to? <laughs> I would so, tell them multi ball all day. Yeah. So legitimately, I had easily there over 12 people contact me, and the vast majority of them said that they had success just doing multi ball and pops yep. the whole entire time. They ignored everything else. Ignore the modes. Ignore everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can still do them. You know, I mean, because the, the bottom line is what, what I would do as it is right now. I would probably still start like one of like, like a queue or start, you know, the villain or whatever, mm -hmm. because you can still put it into pops. And then, you know, if you all of a sudden start silverback flipping out of nowhere because you're trying to get under control. Yeah. Then, yeah, you you're going to hit some other shots and get some other points in general. But, yeah, the the big thing is, is that if you just want to if you can play under control and you can grind out some points. It's just getting trapped up, get the ball over to the right flipper, backhand up into the pops. Okay. So, I well, mean, I you, did... You guys know how to light the outlane ball save, right? Uh, yeah, you hit the you hit the tank, yep. the dragon tank a bunch, yep. which, at least on mine, when you hit the scoop, the scuba scoop or whatever, yeah, it just goes it right into right the target into every time. Yep. yep. See, some of them go into the target, some of them go back into the pops. If you oh, have one that goes into the pop, so yeah. oh my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I feel You're bad. Right. Shout out to Joe Hills. He's he's one of our Patreon supporters. He he oh, watched my stream, and that's what I was doing. So he I was would at feel a bad tournament. for him too. Yeah. <laughs> he he was in a tournament and he tried the pops all day strategy, and apparently he lost to a guy. There is a skill shot which, if you hold the left flipper down and the ball goes around, you have like roughly five switch hits to hit the cue, the the the, the scoop under the the car. And I think it's like 10 million, I think is what you said. But yep. it's yep. decent points. So if you do that every ball, that's 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 a solid. I mean, it's just one shot. You can you can go for it while your ball it saves is, still on. It is on ball one, because by ball two and ball three, you usually there's like I don't think that they meant for this to happen, but if you I think you have to get to the super pops or whatever it is first. But then the uh, the 20 million pops thing is available off the plunge and the switches reset back oh. to like 20 or 25. 
Like it's something insane, but yeah. So maybe that's the the nugget. So if anybody's in a launch party coming up, what do you suggest trying to go for that Q skill shot or you just say, no, plunge it into the pops. I mean, I still just, I still just plunge into the pops, but I mean, if I'm playing to win, I'm playing as boring as possible. I'm getting the ball in a flipper. I'm just backhanding. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm playing to have a journey and explore the game without any regard to getting that, uh, launch party plaque, then yeah, I'll, do some skill shots. I'll do some Q. I'll right, do some multi-ball. Just try to get you know. cute with it. Yep. Yep. Play with your food and all that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's not a it's not a like a for sure strategy to where everybody's just going to crush every time. That's just yeah. the most efficient way, in my opinion. If you can play under control, you know that's the caveat because this game does play quick. Oh you yeah. You do have to you yeah. do have to make sure that you get under control because if you if you do start flipping around, you know it's it's going to be lights out for you. That's just how it is plus that ball save that we talked about it um it's not manually controlled so i think it goes yep, by with the slings with the slings right so you may get lucky you may get unlucky with that yeah um so tom you have this but you're routing it is this the first game that you've routed that is correct Joel. so you don't have anything to compare it to but from an earning standpoint do you feel like it's I've earned well. no money yet, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's played it. No, no, I'm you, not. Yeah. I'm not too concerned about that. I I loaned it to the location, and you know whatever I get, I get. I I'm not too worried about it. Got it. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious. Um, I'd be curious to how well it's doing. But I would say, I mean, if you're in, if you're in on a premium, if you're in on an LE, I mean, if this is a dream theme of yours, I I think. The theme integration will be there. Um, it's just, it's it's hard to compare. Like when I, the last turn I played was Rush and that game was, that game's changed so much since I had a chance to borrow it, but yet it was still incredibly fleshed out yeah. when I had it. So there was so much to do. The, the, the end wizard modes weren't there, but I mean, to be honest, am I going to see them? No. So yeah, but like ninety five percent of the code was there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've heard I've heard some people say that Bond is coded much better than Rush, and I'm just which like, I don't understand. At <laughs> yeah, all. I, I showed like, you guys that, that screenshot. Just goes and I'm way like, over my head. Yeah, they I, they are just on another level with yeah. that opinion. I mean, everybody's <laughs> entitled to their opinions, even if it's like just batshit crazy. But yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah. You that can just have one. You do two <laughs> villains, and it's like, okay, well, let's go to the next villain. Oh, wait. I yeah. guess I can't. Let's go play Dr. No on the Dr. No propane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, no, I, we're I not. Just, <laughs> but obviously, like, Rush was incredibly well fleshed out, and then before that was Godzilla, incredibly well fleshed out. So I feel like here I am. I have this opportunity to, to, to borrow the game, to stream the game early. Like, let me really dive in and see what's in this game. And that's, I just, unfortunately, it's a very shallow pool that i'm swimming in right now um with 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 uh 007 and we'll see i mean hopefully I mean, well hope, i would i would just um, say the people that are getting this early right just diamond hands it just hold on to it yeah yeah, yeah. you know because I, I mean, mean the code's gonna get there eventually. right there's there's zero chance yeah. this gets the wwe thing where no, stern just says no. yeah to where we're just like done with it so you know I mean, what it better not yeah <laughs> No, it, it'll, I, there's obviously, there's a lot of inserts. There's a lot they're going to put into this game. I just, I'm really curious to see where they're going to go with it. Um, and if they can figure out some of these things from a mech standpoint like that, the, to make the spectral specter stuff more entertaining or more accessible, I mean, or, or like actually use the multipliers. 
Oh, that's another. Yeah, I had a, at one point I had like three or four Bond women ready to go. <laughs> like I'm like, I, I I'm like hey. everything's ready to go. Like here we go. How do I do it? And they're like, <laughs> Oh, you're supposed to hit the action button, but it's not enabled yet. I was like, What? <laughs> like I'm wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. But just teasing Joel, just like in real life. Oh yeah. Out. Yeah. Can't seal the deal with the women. No, yeah, yeah. I have two kids, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so there's Bond. I mean, we're just going to, yeah, we're just going to have to, uh, we'll wait and see. Wait and see on that one. Um, what else? Uh, so you did say quick. Uh, we did have a Patreon question, which was, do modern games currently play too long for four players? And what can, from a tournament standpoint, or what can manufacturers do to speed up gameplay? And I know, I mean, when I'm down here playing by myself, I don't want the game to be two minutes. I want it to be a long game. I want to see games, but how do you, how do you tweak that? I mean, you two are the tournament players. What are your, th- oh, we're Tom. I mean, here we go. We could take the Josh Sharp approach, turn off all the ball saves and, you know, at the beginning of the game, all the multi balls, open up the out lanes, take post out or rubber, yeah. rubbers off that that'll certainly make things go but yeah i mean modern pinball there are some long playing games and if you get players that are exceptionally good like usher lefkoff carl d'angelo jared august etc zach mccarthy you yeah. know you're you're gonna see even with those games set up the way they are they're still going they'll to still blow play it up them long. uh Speaking of Carl D'Angelo and blowing it up, he streamed his Rush Premium the other day, and what was it? He had a mode that he scored twelve, 12 million on the billion billion points. Twelve billion billion points. <laughs> he probably should have had a hundred billion points on that game too. <laughs> yeah, it's Carl, man. Jeez. Um, all right. So, no, Tom's, I mean that's the answer. You got to make it hard, right, right? though. Yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. I mean, the thing is, pinball's in a weird spot with that, too. It's because if you get these modern games and you have all these assets and everything, you want the player to be able to experience it, too. Especially if you're going on location and you're dropping a dollar coin drop or something like that. The last thing you want somebody to do is just play like bastardize the game. Right, right. Yeah. And we know of some locations out there that do do that. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's we their just right. Don't go to those locations. Yeah. I mean, it just, <laughs> it's not fun for a lot of people. I mean, even like I can even tell you personally, I would not want to go to a location continuously unless it was like $20 all you could play. I wouldn't want to do coin drop on, you know, a <laughs> if but standard pin. Like, there's just no way I would want to do that if it's like set up so difficult that I just feel like I'm just throwing money away. Yeah. No. It makes sense. Um, oh, and but, also increase the sling sensitivity. Oh, just make, yeah, make everything faster and more brutal. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. But it's weird. I mean, I don't think you want a game by default to just be brutal because, yeah, no. then you just killed all, you know, the majority of the people that play the game. But, yeah, tournament-ready pins is a different story. That's I, I get that if you're going to do that. Um, I, I wish what people would do, and I've tested this out a little bit on my own. I actually enjoy the games a lot more like this, that if the game is just thoroughly brutalized, that you actually make the modes be on easy or something easier to where you oh. do, you do have a chance to experience the game and get some progression through it, but the game's going to play tough. So it doesn't feel like you're just on pins and needles, chopping wood the entire time to do the same thing that you would have done on a default pin. 
So, so you're something saying, make it physically harder, but make the software easier. That way yeah. you can still. That way you have you know you oh, can yeah. still see uh, Terra of Mechagodzilla or something yeah, like that, but you have lightning flippers in the game. You know that's how that's how I set up some of my pins here at home to practice on. Like I purposely do that so that way I could practice on a difficult setup, mm-hmm. but I can still actually play the game. Yeah. And I can still see stuff and I can still, you know, have fun that way. So I, I think I have, I've always wondered why people don't opt to do that. Cause you always see if somebody makes a game extra hard, yeah. like something else is getting made very difficult on it. So then the whole game becomes just trying to set something up and hope you cash in. Yeah, I, I've definitely, I mean, when I had rush, I set it on easy. So, you know, I'm, I'm with you. That was how, you know, we set our games up the same way software <laughs> yeah, of, yeah of course <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well cool i another great way that i know of to make a, a game a lot harder is you just you take away all lighting right in the air you turn the lights off or you put a big old light directly above the game and you you have that light <laughs> on right i mean there's that's so this is this is a killer transition, I can tell. I mean why I'm are we seeing, talking about lights yeah. on or off, Joel? <laughs> so, lights on <laughs> or off. This is a touchy subject. Yeah, this I, I have been brought into this. I was unaware of this, but apparently a district eighty two, something recently, at some point in time, the tournament, somebody turned the lights on or like all the lights on in the building or all the lights off, and that made some people really happy and it really pissed other people off. I'd be curious. <laughs> Tom, explain to me what's going on. With- so the lights have always been off at District eighty two. The overhead lights. The overhead lights. Okay. Um, But typically, like, if you go to a tournament or big tournament, usually the lights are on unless it's in, like, a bar setting. Okay. Or at District 82. What's that? (laughs) Or at District 82. Or at District 82. District 82, right. right. So, um, yeah, so there was a lot of discussion, even prior to this last weekend, uh, basically – you know, some of the players were like, man, I really hate the lights being off. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. I like playing with the lights on. Okay. Um, but, of course, you also have to deal with glare from lights and things like that. Now, Eric, being the person that he is, wants to try to please everybody. Um, he actually went... And if you've ever been in District 82, it's like two stories high. Yeah. So he went and turned all the lights like towards the ceiling. Okay. So, and then basically during the first tournament, he had the, uh, at the Frosty Flips, he had the, the lights on for practice and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do the first two rounds with the lights on. Then we're going to turn off the lights for rounds three and four. And then we're going to kind of basically vote on it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so so he did. And then, it, of course, the players that wanted the lights on were like, oh, my God, it was unanimous. Everybody wanted it. No, it was like <laughs> 40 to 32. Like, it was it was, it was pretty close, you know, but, but the majority wanted the lights on. Now I will say most of the local players want the lights off because that's what they're used to. Mm. 
That's I, just so I think of uh, what is it, Andy Rosa? Uh, he wears a yeah. headlamp. I mean, yeah. so when it's really dark, yeah. he wears a headlamp. He yeah. Throws that headlamp on. Uh, I know other people have moved around with like portable lights, or they carry their own lights or something. Yep. I mean, it's I get and it I, when I I do that too on on occasions. I I have a light either on the game or on my hat. Interesting. Yep. So yeah. it's mostly the the locals that wanted to keep it. From like light lights, from what I off. heard, yes, yeah, Man, that's there was, makes sense. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention the person's name, but there was there was like a legitimate top 25 player who I asked. I said, "Well, what do you think?" And he said, "He's like, actually, I play with lights off, and I." Oh, I know who that is. House, Can I say the name? It's up to you. I won't say the name. Okay. <laughs> they'll, they'll be able to get it. I don't no, know. It cracks, name. It cracks yeah. me up because I saw the same person using their phone, though, to measure a skill shot. Oh, so. yes. That's the person. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I mean, at least here at home, I am proud of this. I, I finished my own basement and uh, I have one wall where all my games are. And I actually wired the lighting above those games as a separate line. Yep. So when I play pinball, I just turn them off. Yeah. But those, I mean, the lights, though, are six feet above the, the game. So but you have to light glare. your game for the stream, don't you? I do. Yes. And, and so do you play with lights on, though, when you're off stream, Joel? No. I When I play when I'm off stream, I turn my lights off. Because it's, I mean, the, the lights are off? directly, yeah, they're directly okay. above it. So the glare yeah. is insane. So would you vote at a, since you're a tournament pinball player, Joel. Oh, yeah. yeah. A very <laughs> prolific one at that. <laughs> yep, when yep, you yep. go to District 82, are you going to vote lights on or off? I. It, I, I I'm surprised. It surprises me that a light that's two stories above a oh my a god, pin you is better really not causing. be fence sitting on this question. I don't know. I, I would <laughs> oh my god, you just would, you just no, fence sit it. No. If I had to no. guess, I yes have not or played. no. If I had to guess, I would say lights on. If I had to guess, okay. I that's what I'm okay. saying is Thank I'm you, surprised that a light it. that's two stories above a pin is adding that much glare. Like right here, it's six feet above it. It's I I mean it's massive glare. So I'm like trying to think of. Some of the tournaments we went to this year, like on the Stern Pro Circuit, like I don't remember any of them having the lights off. I don't know. I know no, Carl. The, on the his... only time we ran into that was Free Play Florida last year, where somebody hit the lights and they went off. <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> while well, you were playing Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, God but, I got a comp ball. <laughs> but I did at at Free Play Florida. There was a light, a can light directly above roller games, and that was really throwing me off. Like mm. it was literally in my eyes, and it was it was bugging the crap out of me. Now well, could I? Now, could I have worn sunglasses? I, sure, might have helped. Yeah. I don't know, but well, the pin shades. Pin I do. Shades. I, I mean, from a streaming standpoint, yeah, I flood the games with light just to make it better for streaming. But the way you set up the lights are off, you know, off axis, and you're trying to avoid glare. And then I have the inner reflective glass that I move between games yeah. when I stream. So wow. it's trying to trying to find that as that balance is a challenge. And I know Carl on his rig, like he has like an umbrella essentially that he moves around. So if there's yeah, an overhead but, light, you can block it. But maybe, you're talking maybe just Eric like one single start game. A yeah, that's one game. To get yeah. like 110 Five, sheets yeah. of Invisiglass. 200 something dollars a sheet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be, yeah. I get it. That is not, that does not, there's no way that he could swap out every, every no. game. I mean, that's what I would vote for. I'd vote for the lights to stay on. Yeah. Personally. Me I mean, too. it's just, it's just, to me, it's, it's like, I want to be able to see the ball. 
like we talked about that already in this podcast, but especially during competition, like I want to see the ball. And then if the GI is going nuts, it's like, yeah. good luck seeing anything. But uh, like speaking that. of seeing like that. anything, <laughs> yeah, camera's out. Camera's out. But I'll speak for Eric as the owner, and I totally get his his stance. You know, he's put up these play fields and back glasses that are backlit. You know, he wants to show that off. That's kind of like the ambiance of the place. Okay. So, you know, it does look really cool with all the lights off and you see those back glasses all lit up. No, it does. As a facility, I yeah. think it's awesome whenever you do something like that. Like on a Friday night, Tuesday night, $5 volley. I think that's all good. And I think even like if there's a local tournament, something like that. I, I just feel like if you're dealing with a a national or even on his in his case, a world level yeah. type event to where you have all these competitive players flying in, you have a lot of money on the line. I think making the conditions to where it provides the best competitive atmosphere at that pinball machine. I think that that's probably should take priority, at least in my mind. That's yeah. what I would think. But again, it's totally up to anybody. I mean, anybody can run their tournaments how they want to run it. And obviously, you know, the flip side of this is, is all of us knuckleheads have still shown up there, even without the lights being on this whole True. time. So, you know, it just, to me, it sounds like Eric needs to have some district 82 branded headlamps, you know, and just, <laughs> there you go. We, turn we it talked off. about yeah. that $85 at the front desk, <laughs> <laughs> turn it off. And if you really, if you think it's too dark in here, then yeah, figure out. A, I mean, I get it. It's, it's weird though. It's to see, I've seen some of the memes and stuff posted and to, to see your voting. I mean, for it to be so split 50, 50, it, it is an interesting thing, but, um, I think it just means people care. Yeah. I mean, that's the main thing. Yeah. People people are involved. People are actively thinking about this. And they're actively thinking about, okay, how can I have more fun doing this? Sure. How can I be more competitive? So, I mean, you know, it's not a bad thing. Hmm. But lights need to stay on. That's my <laughs> final point. And if you disagree, then... If you disagree, yeah, we're going to keep voting the, yes. Uh, triple yeah, drain yeah. Uh, at <laughs> Triple drain at gmail.com. Uh, I'll tell you right now, if you ever want to get a hold of Travis, don't reach out to any of our stuff because he doesn't read anything. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon we'll get, we'll is me. Yeah. We'll get it. Patreon is me. I read those and share with the guys. Gmail is Tom and I. Facebook is, I don't, I don't know what you do, Travis. He shows up. That's what he does. He shows up with a. With I just a, chill. With a camera that turns off every 30 minutes and, uh, you know, he's present. He's got kids. Yeah. Well, I know we're running low on time. So we, like I said, we're recording this in the middle of the day on Friday. We're trying something new here. Um, so we'll probably start wrapping this up. I know we had the Patreon questions. I wanted to go through those. Um, here's a real quick question on Facebook. How do you get ready for a long tournament weekend? I'm guessing you rest up and wear comfy shoes. I don't, I mean, do you guys have <laughs> any other advice for One that? train of thought. Yep. What's the question? How do you get ready for long tournament weekends? Rest. Lots of rest. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I I mean, honestly, I've learned this the hard way. And I learned this at Expo and at Super Series last year. That you have to take care of your body. Or it's going to reject what you're doing. Because you're standing up all day. You're being physical with the machine. Your hands are going to hurt. Forearms are going to hurt. Feet are going to hurt. Knees are going to hurt. That's just the reality of it. So, I mean, I, I know, I know it took me a solid three or four weeks to finally feel like I was back to normal after expo. Oh, wow. Like that's yeah. Cause I mean, it was just, 
the games were so long, so intense, moving the machine, elbows hurt, wrists hurt. I mean, arthritis, the whole nine yards. I mean, that's just how it is. I wish we could all be 18, 21 years old and our body's not broken down yet. So, are Joel, we, do you have a special guest? I don't know. I <laughs> My daughter, apparently, this is what you get when you record in the middle of the day. She was yelling something down. Should we talk about the Whopper changes real quick? Yeah, go for it. So, uh, basically, the Whopper system's changing a little bit. Um in the sense that, it, it, basically, if you it needed you needed to play twenty five games to get a hundred percent TGP. Well, now they're going to make tournaments two hundred percent, so you could play fifty games and get a two hundred percent value for your tournament. So, essentially, uh, I guess. Uh, 50 games is the new high. That's a lot of Whopper points. That, that's a lot. It, it's going to be crazy how in-disc is. Yeah, because isn't that going to be like a 300% since it's a major yeah, or something like that? it's like something ridiculous. So, hey, if only Joel was playing there. <laughs> uh, sure, I'm going to say yes. I have no idea what you're what you're saying. I was... My daughter just wanted to come down and hang out. Apparently, so <laughs> well, why? Why is she not on the podcast right now? Uh, I mean, she she's, said hi. My dog's on the podcast right now. Yeah, yeah, she right? should have. Next time, yeah, she was. They're making cookies upstairs, and oh, okay, oh, perfect. I don't know. I'm like, yeah. Normally, record at night when the children are fast asleep. <laughs> but um, I'm sorry. I don't. Was there anything else about Whopper? I didn't no, hear no, any we, of that. We were just so talking about the Whopper no, system and how they're changing it. Up. I mean, right. it's our fans wanted it. Good way to think of them. Yeah, um, Joel's, Joel doesn't care, you guys. No. I don't know. I have nothing to contribute. That's Joel's retired from tournament pinball already. <laughs> I will like, gladly. I would love to third play to last one. place finish yeah. was like just good enough. That was just. I would love to play in another one, but it's obvious it's just whoppers. The idea of I just I I'm so far from. I wouldn't even worry about that though. Just. Play for fun. Oh, Play for is, the this friends. This is an exciting out. time in the IFPA world, Joel. Mm. Joel, here's my challenge to you. Okay. Instead of playing a tournament, find a league. I know. Find a local league. Like you don't. You don't even have to go every single time. Just like go a couple times. Hang out. Oh, show so off not the beard. every time, but some other times. <laughs> well, but not league. You don't have to be there every day or oh. every week. Okay. You can drop. You can drop like your worst two, or in your case, like every week i but, know you right? know i just why even submit a score right you know yeah, no. well there is that too that's oh. actually an ongoing <laughs> thing in the whopper system whether a player i mean you could just drop out after two rounds if you wanted to you wouldn't affect yeah. your ten thousand rank i'm not i'm not too worried i should though i i would like to get more involved so next year i am planning on as of right now i stream every, every week and then every other two days a week every other week i'm going down to just one day a week so maybe what? that'll free me up I know that'll free me up, uh, you know, some more family time, but yeah. hopefully that'll free me up to squeeze in maybe a weekend tournament here or there or something, which could be a fun time, but we will see. Um, you just got to host a private tournament at your house. There we go. I would do that. I would absolutely do that. Um, why we, is it an exciting time in the IFPA though? Oh, that was that you're prompting me with that. Yes. I needed to, yeah. okay, here, yeah. uh, 
Tom, I'm so cu- I'm so curious. Why is it so? Ex- I what am I missing? What are, what are you so excited about? This is this is when people decide which states they're going to play right. for. That's right. So for the I state t- championship, I was talking at Cincinnati. I was talking to um, Laserlos Carlos, and he yes. said he's, he's like got, there's like he's got decisions to make. Yeah, Joel. he's like he's like I got four different states that I can qualify in, so I'm trying to figure out which one. But he's like one of the qual like he's basically trying to figure it out based on almost like money. So even if I don't qualify in this, I'd make more money versus qualifying here and blah blah blah. And it's like that's <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean that sounds like a t- quite a problem to have. <laughs> like which state do I want to win at? I don't. So I don't it's know. pretty crazy for Wisconsin. Um, there's a ten thousand dollar prize pool. Wow. Yeah. Where does that money come from? From the players, uh, from tournaments, your your dollar entry fee. Oh, be, yeah. so because you guys have had so many tournaments, yep, it's just every wow. Okay, so I'm assuming Carl, Mister California, Carl. could technically qualify in Wisconsin if you wanted to. Uh, let's take a look. Let me look. You know, we quick. should have just brought on people here so they could declare for state declare na- and on our go. podcast. Yeah. I'm assuming if if you Carl, heard, oh, Carl is 32nd in Wisconsin. So here's the crazy thing: like Escher being the number one player in Wisconsin and the world has a hundred or 1,114 whopper points in Wisconsin, and only second to Neil, who has 950. Wow. So who's all qualified for Wisconsin? So you want me to read through the list? Hell yeah. I want to hear the, right. these names. Number one, right. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Number one, Usher Lefkoff. Number two, Neil Graff. Number three, David DeLuga. Number four, Carlos De La Sarda. Number five, Jason Werdrick. Number six, Raymond Davidson. Number seven, Josh Sharp. Number eight, Cassidy Milanowski. Number nine, Stephen Bowden. Number 10, Luke Nohorniak. Number 11, yours truly, Tom Graham. Number 12, Eric Thorne. Number 13, Alberto Santana. Number 14, Jason Zoller. Number 15, Andy Bagwell. Number 16, Jared August. Number 17, Eric Rentmeester. Number 18, Colin McAlpine. Number 19, Drew Geigel. Number 20, Brian Shepard. Number 21, Matt McCarty. Number 22, Andy Rosa. Number 23, Trent Augustine. Number 24, Eric Strangeway. So what's crazy about that, I don't know. (laughs) Like those are all incredibly good players, but a lot of those, I mean, some of those are local, but some of those are are, are, uh, Colorado people, Ohio people, Texas people, a lot of Chicago people. Which makes so, sense. It's an easy commute for Chicago. but so, so here's the crazy thing. The cut line is like 24. I have a feeling like that'll move down to maybe like 30th or 31st. Because like, there will be other, like some of the Chicago people may just stick with Illinois. Well, I know for a fact because it's already, so if you go, you can go check all this stuff out. If you go to IFPA and then click on champion championship series and go to North America. And if you go all the way across to where it says registration, um, there's already people registered for Wisconsin. So like Neil's attending, Dave DeLuca's attending, Josh Sharp is attending. So Josh is coming from Illinois. 
And then uh, myself, Eric Thorne are attending. Uh, Andy Bagwell is not because he's actually running the Illinois tournament. And then uh, Brian Shepard said he's not because he picked Ohio. But, That's crazy. So you're all picking states, and then based on where people, yep. you can only pick one state, right? Like you can yep. only. Yep. So yep. you want to you want to play wherever you think you could make the most money, as well as whatever chance you think yep. would actually give you the top one. Because if right. you make if you win, what is it? What's the big prize you get to play? Um, At nationals. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Yep. So are you doing Oklahoma there? Travis? No, I'm actually not going to play in the state what? of Oklahoma. Yep. That is crazy. Yep. Okay. You haven't declared yet? Nope, I have not. But, but not Oklahoma. I can, I can say I'm not going to play in Oklahoma. Okay. All right. No, crazy. I'm not, I'm not playing anywhere. I'm not playing this year. Really? Which yep. just blows I've, my mind. I'm still going to Oklahoma. I just don't plan on playing. Monica's going to play in the women's state. So, like... I could, in theory, play at Wisconsin if it fell down to me because I think I'm like 26 you, yeah, or 27. Yeah, you're 26, and it is, you would be the 24th seed right now. So then I would. who would I have to play? Uh, Wisconsin. Hold on. Who would be my first victim? Move off the page. So you'd have to play the ninth seed. Oh, that's an easy match. Is easy. It <laughs> no, it's Stephen Bowden. Yeah, I'm not going to play in Wisconsin. <laughs> no. No, not playing Wisconsin. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, so it'll be interesting what people pick. Interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure Jason's going to come here. Um, Raymond? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he'll pick Illinois. Steven might pick Illinois, might come here. So, and then Carlos. Don't know. i almost like 98% sure Escher's coming here. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But hey, good good on all you guys. I, I I'll be curious to see how that goes. That I mean that'll be a fun tournament. But There's here's no the crazy that. thing, Joel. Like oh, if I'm you ready. just show up to the tournament and you and you lose your match, you get a hundred bucks. <laughs> okay. For just nice. showing up. Nice. I mean, that's tempting me with a good time. <laughs> to come hang out, spot at cow. I mean, that would pay for a spot at cow right there. Yeah. Uh, never, if you, never mind the gas. Yeah. If you have a buy or you get knocked out in the second round, you get two hundred dollars. If you make it to the semifinals, it's four hundred, and then it goes up from there for top four. Top four gets six hundred. Third place alone gets a thousand dollars. Second place sixteen hundred, and first place twenty eight hundred dollars. Nice. Yeah. Nice crazy well uh i hope you, you win COVID. all the money yeah i hope you win <laughs> a, all the money a lot of money yeah um well cool well, cool. well tom has the best chance because he's got two entries into state so two entries oh go. me and neil me yeah. yeah 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 we're gonna have to do some kind of split you think neil's gonna share his prize pool with you we, we, we already talked about it we're gonna split <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah there you go but so the real question is if we is, have to play each other then it's it's all good yeah the real question is are the lights on or off uh that is a great question <laughs> i don't know the yeah. answer to that Ooh. okay all right so, so well know. Like I said, we're we are short on time, but um, yes. we have we have plans. Uh, we'll probably hit it next episode because by that time, Twippy stuff will be out. So basically, re- we're gonna we'll end up recapping 2023, what we see game wise and whatnot. And then there's a lot there's a lot coming out for 2024 that we're <laughs> kind of like, let's see, let's see what happens. I think they've already publicly announced that Stern's only gonna do two games. 
or at least that's what they're leaning at. So what does that mean? And, you know, who? I'm assuming Brian Eddy and Jack Danger. So does that mean we're not seeing anything from Keith Elwin for another year? I don't know. We have American Pinball, which I don't know. Galactic Tank Force, hopefully. We have Chicago Gaming, which they have a license theme ready to go, but they better not release it until more of these Cactus Canyons come out. So what's going on with that? I mean, I just think it's going to be. A, I don't know. I don't know. I think it just. It's I work gonna, for a distributor of a mic. Tell you, I don't know. Yeah. I have no clue. So yeah. Spooky's going to be making Scooby Doo, so I, I will be excited for that. And then we're just kind of waiting, <laughs> just a waiting game. It's going to be a weird year. I think it's going to be a weird year, and um, hopefully that goes well. And I don't know. So we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about that next episode. But um, was there anything else? Anything else you guys needed to? go over no no i think that's pretty much it we actually hit all of our points that we, we talked it. about pre-production yeah we, we didn't go did off it. the rails too much no nope. perfect all right well let's plug it up um travis go for it yeah you guys can find me right here on the triple drain pinball <laughs> podcast should i just stop asking you is it is <laughs> no it, no because because <laughs> eventually eventually next year i'll start I'll start saying what oh, else I'm doing. Oh, you have stuff to plug. Okay. Yeah, I'll have stuff to plug next year. I mean, you year. could I'll plug. If, if you're just going to plug our podcast, you could say, check out our merch on Silverball Swag or, you know, thanks to Jackson Gee for making incredible art for our stuff. You, you, know, you plug can him. also There's... find Travis on OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. Don't waste your money. There you go. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, All that stuff. His Good. camera goes out even more on that. Let me tell you. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> $20. It comes right back <laughs> on, Joel. the good yep. parts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, go for it. Uh, I stream on Pack City's Pinball on Switch and YouTube. So, uh, if you would, please check it out. I'm desperate. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm Joel. I do, uh, obviously this, and then I stream on the Pinball Network every Wednesday, 10 to midnight. Uh, check out the TP and After Hour shows. Those are a lot of fun discussions. Those are on YouTube. And then I stream for Flipping Out every other Thursday. Uh, definitely making some changes next year. Um, I'm going to continue to stream for Flipping Out, but I think we're going to go just YouTube, only YouTube streaming. So we're going to try mm-hmm. that, see what that's going to be like. So sorry, Twitch. Um, we're going to try YouTube out. And then uh, fun fact, I'm actually interviewing George Gomez for Just Another Pinball podcast next week. Going to ask him a bunch of questions and uh, should be a fun interview. Can you ask him when the code's going to be done? Yeah, I'll just I'll just go right oh. into that. Hey, George, how you doing? <laughs> when when's the code gonna be done? Tom wanted to know, and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, no problem." Um, be like no, that I- son of a. <laughs> I think that's it. So uh, yeah, let's wrap it up here. Like always, Tom, you have the last words. Play more pinball. <laughs>